So by long, long-term long ocean ambient noise analysis, we can understand the whole seasonal pattern and also the long-term trend. Is the ocean getting noisier or not? From the University of Washington College of the Environment, this is Field Sound. My name is Shima Abadi. I'm an associate professor in the School of Oceanography. I work in ocean, uh, ocean acoustics, underwater acoustics, so anything that relates to sound and how sound interacts with the ocean boundaries, like the uh, ocean surface, ocean bottom, and how it propagates, and uh, what, what can we learn about it, what can we learn about the ocean environment just by listening to the ambient noise. Um, so that's, that's what I do. Sound propagation underwater is, um, is complex because the speed of sound is not constant. In air, speed of sound is almost constant and sound travels in a straight lines. But underwater, because it's a stratified environment, speed of sound is, is a function of depth, is a function of location, it's a function of time. Imagine that you are in a jungle or a forest or some unknown area that you don't know anything about the environment. You're just there and you just listen. You just listen and just try to understand where you are based on the sound that you hear. Like if you are in a jungle, you can hear monkeys, for example. You can hear wolves, you can hear birds, you can hear rain, you can hear wind. And just by processing these different sounds that you can hear and you can um, classify technically, you have an idea about where you are and you can navigate. So it's exactly like that in the ocean and we just have a hydrophone and we just listen. Shima Abadi is conducting long-term studies of ocean ambient noise alongside researchers from UW School of Oceanography as director of the Ocean Data Lab. The team records ambient ocean sound for data analysis using hydrophones and fiber optic cables. So traditionally in ocean acoustics, we measure data by hydrophones, and that's a single point measurement. We deploy a hydrophone, which is technically a microphone that is able to record audio signals underwater. And we deploy at any location that we want. We can collect data for a long uh, time, and uh, it can be cabled. We can get data in real time, or we can get the data once we retrieve the instrument. But it's a single point measurement, and if we need more data points, we need to add more hydrophones. Hydrophones convert pressure pressure change to a uh, signal that we can see. But fiber optic cables, they measure strain or a strain rate along the cables. So it's a little bit different in terms of the physics that we use, uh, uh, but both of them are capable of uh, showing um, any pressure disturbance like sound. It's important to measure speed of sound to uh, understand how sound propagates in the ocean. Sound is not doesn't propagate in a straight lines. Uh, it's more like a curvature. So technically, you can imagine if you have a sound source in the middle of the water column, the energy that goes up toward the surface bends away from the surface, and the energy that goes toward the seafloor bends away from the seafloor and comes back up. And this trend continues for really long distances. And that's why sound is the only wave 
that we can use to probe the ocean in um, long distances. The ocean is a noisy environment because it's it's um, it's an environment that is uh, technically confined by the ocean surface and ocean bottom. So sound uh, echoes, like stays in the water column for a really long time and long distances. So when we have a hydrophone, and if we listen, we can hear rain. We can we can understand if it's heavy rain or light rain just just by listening to that, just by the sound analysis. Or we can hear wind at the surface. We can hear marine mammals. So are they close? Are they coming close? Are they getting away from us? We can hear ships. We can hear earthquakes. If we are close to a volcano, we can hear volcano eruptions. So by long long term ocean ambient noise analysis, we can understand the whole seasonal pattern and also the long term trend. Is the ocean getting noisier or not? The patterns identified in the ocean acoustic data helps inform a variety of ocean research disciplines. The ocean is an area of unknowns. Only 5% of the ocean has been explored and charted by humans. Well, most of the time we collect data, long-term data, and then we come back when we start processing and we don't know where it's coming from. (laughs) There are some, uh, so we know... uh, we know something about some specific sources of sound in the ocean, but we don't we don't know everything. Uh, so a lot of times we collect something and we have no idea where it's coming from uh, or what is causing that noise. So understand fully understand ocean ocean ambient noise is something that requires a lot of a lot of studies and a lot of research and uh, a lot of new techniques. We are not there, like we are physically not there to know or to hear. Even if we were there, there are some frequencies that we cannot hear. So we don't know any, we don't know everything. And we still look, there are some times that I look at the data, I say, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know is a powerful statement for science. It can often spur more questions and in turn more answers often with unexpected results, a multitude of possibilities. Well, when I started working with fiber optic cables, it's, so the technique is called distributed acoustic sensing, or in short, we say DAS. When I started looking at DAS data, it was a wow moment because we were able to record a single vocalization for over 60 kilometer of the cable. So it's a, it's, it's a huge amount of data, and it's the first time that we can record in this scale. So there are so many things that we can do, and this technology is uh, very early stage. So we are start trying to understand the limitations, trying to understand the capabilities. One area where the data from ocean acoustics is being applied is the effects of noise on marine mammals. We can easily see when animals are coming close, they're vocalizing, oh, this is the this is the mating season, this is this is the feeding season because they have different types of calls. We successfully showed that fiber optic cables can record low frequency species like fin whales and blue whales. They show up in uh, off the coast of Washington and Oregon in late fall and they vocalize continuously until winter and maybe uh, early spring. So the whole band 
that they vocalize is getting noisier and there's a seasonal pattern associated to their vocalization. And you're trying to understand this contribution as a function of location. So how, how it changes from hydrophones that we have closer to the shore compared to the hydrophones that we have offshore. Orcas are higher frequency species. They generate higher frequencies and boats and ships can generate broadband signals. So they have low frequency, high frequencies too. Um, when, when, when we have uh, ships in the area, uh, one thing that uh, happens is that because the ship is generating sound, this, so that, that part of the ocean gets a little bit, it gets noisier, the noise level goes above the average, and it masks their vocalization. So if they are trying to send a signal maybe to another orca or to find food or something, they cannot do that. Recently, I conducted a test in Puget Sound to, to see if we can measure higher frequency sound, and it shows that successfully we can measure higher frequency sound, but now it's time to explore higher frequency species. Can we locate them? Can we uh, learn about their behavior, especially in, a, in an area that has a lot of uh, ship traffic, knowing because we can do that in real time with fiber optic cables cables we have access to the data in real time so it's important to know their location in response um, to ship noise or other man-movers we know from scientific research that when a vessel is nearby the whales stop foraging rachel aronson UW School of Marine and Environmental Affairs alum, leads the Quiet Sound program. And part of why that is, is that uh, large vessels, actually most vessels, uh, emit underwater noise in the same frequencies that the southern resident killer whales use to hunt and to communicate. So when they hunt those fish, they use a process called echolocation. They, uh, they send out a squeak, they hear how it bounces back off a fish, and then they know where the fish is. Because when you're underwater, light becomes useless pretty quickly as a way to find out where your prey is. They also need to communicate with each other. They have a close-knit social structure. They spend their whole lives with their pods, their family. And so they need to know where the other whales are. And sometimes they hunt collaboratively. Quiet Sound is a collaborative program to reduce noise impacts to southern resident killer whales from large commercial vessels. We put forward scientific data-driven recommendations on how ships can behave on the water to mitigate their impact on the orcas. We build the relationships to support those actions and provide all the knowledge and tools the mariners need. And then the mariners uh, go out and ship better among the orcas. So we're not a state agency. We can't set regulations, but we can help people take action much more quickly than if we were relying on a regulatory process. Human impacts in the ocean aren't limited to boats and ocean vessels. Earth's changing climate and warming waters create complex challenges in the ocean environment. There is a channel, there is a depth, there is a layer in the ocean that sound can travel really long distances without any interaction with the ocean surface and ocean bottom. That layer is called um, the sound channel or so far channel. And animals, they know about that. They know about the depth, the optimum depth that they can vocalize and their vocalization can go long distances. And the ocean temperature impacts the speed of sound 
and the speed of sounds is very important for underwater acoustics. If the speed of sound changes, this optimum depth will change. And in higher latitude, this optimum depth is coming closer to the surface. And this change is happening so fast, it's even faster than the life uh, cycle of one generation. So they cannot adapt to that change. This is going to have serious impact on their feeding behavior and mating and all the other functions that they do. Though scientists can't be there in the ocean, looking for patterns in the ocean soundscape creates opportunity for understanding and connection to the world around us. I, I, I believe the ocean science is, is changing in a way in a way that we, we look at the, we look at the problem because these days we have access to high computations like high power computers and cloud computing. So a combination of ocean science and data science can help us um, discover a lot of things about the ocean. So in ocean acoustics, we have people from different backgrounds, and that's the beauty of this field, because we can work with each other, we can learn from each other, and we can add, our skills will add power to how we process the data and how we learn about the ocean. A special thanks to our guests, Shima Abadi and Rachel Aronson. You can learn more about Abadi's research in the University of Washington College of the Environment by clicking the link in this episode description or by visiting our website, environment.uw.edu. To learn more about Aronson's work and Quiet Sound, visit quietsound.org. From all of us at Field Sound, thanks for listening. Thank you.